Good morning, it's Thursday, September 22nd, and this is Slices of Wenatchee. We've got new episodes out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Today, Intermountain Infrastructure Group wants to submerge a 75,000-foot-long fiber-optic cable in the Columbia River to connect Microsoft's data centers in the Wenatchee Valley. And later, Eastmont opens the first inclusive playground in the region. Before we begin, a quick message. The Wenatchee Community Concert Association is proud to announce their 2022-2023 concert season. Up first, today at 7 p.m. is Atlantic City Boys. Visit WenatcheeConcerts.org for the full calendar of events. Now our feature story. Intermountain Infrastructure Group wants to submerge a 75,000-foot-long fiber-optic cable in the Columbia River to connect Microsoft's data centers in the Wenatchee Valley. The 466-page application for a, quote, shoreline substantial development permit for a regional submerged fiber-optic line was submitted to Douglas County Transportation and Land Services earlier this month. The California-based telecommunications firm would own the cable, according to Jeff Yunt, IIG CEO. He said it will serve multiple purposes and run right past Microsoft's data centers. He also said Microsoft needs to connect its facilities wherever it builds. Douglas County, the lead agency, has issued a mitigated determination of non-significance on the project, which includes measures to make sure construction protects fish and their aquatic habitat. The comment period on the determination ends tomorrow. If approved, the $4.9 million project will start October 1st and end in November. The project area is, quote, in the vicinity of a plethora of wildlife, including species listed under the Federal Endangered Species Act, coho salmon, steelhead trout, chinook salmon, bull trout, Columbia Basin pygmy rabbit, grizzly bear, yellow-billed cuckoo, and gray wolf. But WDFW has already seen the proposal and anticipate construction will avoid disturbance of juvenile fish and spawning habitat, given that the construction locations are fully isolated from the water during construction. Still, their biologists are continuing to review the project through final design to ensure that impacts to fish life are addressed appropriately. Before we continue, a special thanks to our friends and sponsors at Confluence Health. The team at Confluence Health is grateful for the trust the community puts in them every single day. They are diligently working to improve the health and quality of life of our friends and neighbors. They are grateful they are Confluence Health. Learn more by visiting them at confluencehealth.com. Next, Eastmont's Clovis Point Elementary School needed a new playground after its transition to an elementary school during the district's grade realignment. They took the opportunity to make it a space that any kid in the district can use. Gone are the wood chips and hard rubber to protect children brave enough to climb the monkey bars. In its place is a pourable rubber with a texture similar to a memory foam mattress, though slightly firmer. The main play area has a wide walkway with a low slope that's easily accessible for a wheelchair. Several play features, like four flower-shaped xylophones, are at the eye level of students in lower grades. In addition to traditional swings, the swing set has a chair swing that's easier for some students to access. The 18-month planning process wasn't always straightforward and included a change in manufacturers, resulting in a bigger playground than the initial designs. The total cost of the project was $154,000, including demolition, site prep, materials, and installation. Eastmont administrators say the new play area is the first like it locally, and that they plan to use it as a model for future projects. Design details aside, an important question for kids whenever new play equipment is built at an elementary school is always, is it fun? 
The question was answered immediately following Monday's ceremony, as students took a mad dash and eagerly ran to the equipment. And while Monday was the ceremonial ribbon-cutting, the playground had already received the stamp of approval from students in the week it's been open. It's now so popular that the school instituted rules, time limits, and orderly lines while students wait so everyone gets their turn to play. Finally, an event that you should know about. Leavenworth will celebrate fall this weekend with the annual Washington State Autumn Leaf Festival, highlighted by a Saturday parade that closes some of the community's busiest streets. The festival coincides with the autumn equinox to mark the start of fall and celebrate the first changing colors of the leaves. The tourism attraction began in Leavenworth in 1964, even before the town became Bavarian style. The Royal Lady of Autumn Leaves since March is Sharon Waters, who has been the primary swim instructor at the Hopkins Memorial Pool and worked in the school district in Leavenworth for 25 years. The man who has played Father Christmas for the past 30 years in Leavenworth, David Severance, will be honored as the festival's Grand Marshal. Other weekend events for the festival include Art in the Park, Friends of the Library Book Sale, an Autumn Leaf display at the Upper Valley Museum, food booths on 8th Street, and a scavenger hunt at downtown shops. There's also live entertainment centers at the Front Street Park Gazebo. See you there! Thanks for listening. For more information on all the stories you heard today, visit us at WenatcheeWorld.com. The Wenatchee World has been engaging, informing, and inspiring North Central Washington communities since 1905. We encourage you to subscribe today to keep your heart and mind connected to what matters most in North Central Washington. Thank you for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again on Saturday.